This is Rennie Kanaw for ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. If you want to jump in on the show this evening... I'm more than happy to have you. A phone call is all it takes, 216-220-0966. In lieu of the email, you can also shoot, or in lieu of the phone call, you can also shoot me an email. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what we have on tap for you during this 120-minute live fire grilling, cooking, and barbecuing extravaganza. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it's the third Tuesday of the month. We are a few days out, obviously, from one of the biggest holiday eating days of the year, that being Thanksgiving. So you might find a running theme through this show, a little bit of a themed, that being Thanksgiving, last week, especially with the meathead side. But this week, this show, for these next two hours, definitely will have a common Thanksgiving theme running all the way through it. Twelve minutes from now, as I had mentioned, third Tuesday of the month brings a visit from a multiple-time author, a barbecue hall of famer, a cooking class instructor, TV show host, the list goes on and on. Friend of this show, Stephen Reichlin, will be joining us. Lots of stuff to talk to Stephen about, obviously. We'll be talking about what he might be putting together as it relates to Thanksgiving at his house, what his traditional Thanksgiving looks like, anything out of the ordinary. That's always something that we're asking Stephen about. Obviously, the old standbys, regardless of if it's a holiday or not, Stephen, you like to cook steak, but aside from steak, what is something that might diverge out of the norm that you are into that you could tell us about? Similar idea will be going on this evening. We'll talk about the turkey. We'll talk about process, tips, and tricks, but then we'll also talk about what's out of the ordinary. Also, I happen to know that he took a trip over to England, and there was something there that he found that was noteworthy, and he wanted to talk about that just a little bit this evening as well. Also, I did see him... Get together with Bob Trudnack, sponsor of the show from the Barbecue Guru. That was posted on Facebook 
just a few days ago. So if you missed that, check it out on Bob's Facebook page or the Barbecue Guru Facebook page. But we'll also get a recap from Stephen as, uh, as time permits. So uh, that's at 914. Then 935, we'll be joined by second timer to the show. You know him as the Soul Food Scholar. The first time he was on, he educated us fully on Columbus Hill, who was up for the Barbecue Hall of Fame or was one of the nine finalists that was up for the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Didn't end up making into the final three. That was the induction class this year. That was Tootsie, Charlie Virgos, and Tuffy Stone. But he was on that, I guess, semifinal list, if you will, of nine that were actually voted on and then three ultimately were picked to go into the hall. But Columbus Hill was one of those. That was Adrian Miller's pick, and he taught us all about where Columbus Hill came from, what the background was, what his claims to fame were, throwing the biggest, drunkest barbecue on the planet in Colorado, no less. So looking forward to catching up with Adrian and talking about soul food stuff, talking about Thanksgiving turkeys that he has seen over his travels, and a number of other items as time permits. And then we'll move to the second hour. And I have a very special guest in the second hour if you are into social media, especially Instagram and especially live fire cooking, you are probably following her. She has to the tune of 85,000 plus Instagram followers, always doing content, always trying to do it the right way, very busy. So I appreciate the fact that she has time for the show this evening, especially a couple days out from what has to be a pretty big day for her, as I'm sure she's going to be taking lots of pictures and prepping lots of food. Or she could be like me, where typically for the last 20 years, somebody else has done all the cooking. Actually, for the last 43 years, somebody else has done all the cooking. But contrary to popular belief, this isn't a holiday that I typically get the task to cook, which is fine with me. I will eat anybody's food. Never, ever mistake me for a food snob. Not the case. I will eat anywhere. I will eat often. I love eating, and so I will do it. Anyway, we will be talking for the entire second hour, starting at 1014, with Melissa Riom. You know her as Grill Mama. That's right, Melissa Riom. At Grill Mama on Instagram. If you've never heard of her, remove the rock from your head and then check it out. Lots of great content worthwhile on the feed there, so give it the follow, and you'll be happy that you did. So that's how it lines up tonight. Stephen Reichland, Adrian Miller in the first hour, and Grill Mama in the second hour. Are you following me socially? I told you about Grill Mama, but are you following at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter? Same handle. Of course, if you're watching this live video feed on Facebook, you've already liked the show page. But if you haven't, BBQ Central Show um, uh, or Facebook.com slash BBQ Central Show. And you can follow me and friend me and all that stuff on social media platforms. So I would appreciate the follow. I don't hit it all the time, but I hit it frequently enough to where I believe I'm bringing you value as a potential follower of mine or liker of my pages. Plus, I got to give mad props to my guy, Stover Harger, The Trace. A lot of people asking me, you've stepped up the story game on your Instagram. How are you doing that? It's the balls. I agree. It's Stover. Contact him directly for contract work. I pay him 
And if you don't know what paid work looks like, check out my current Instagram story. I will pay for that. It's really good. I would say it's great. Very professional, timely meeting of the, uh, the, the year seasons and themes. He's a pro, man. Stover Harger The Trace. Or, as I call him, SH3. I don't really call him that. But I'm telling you, he's knocking it out of the park with those stories and some of those posts uh, that we collaborate with. So, thank you to Stover. And if you're interested, I'm sure he's looking for contract work. He's a very reasonable $750 an hour. Absolutely. I'm rich. I can afford it. Programming note, if you haven't visited your smart device recently, I just did a new drop of bonus content yesterday. This time, it was with Anella Kelso from Snake River Farms. We covered a number of topics. Most time-sensitive was the Snake River Farms Brisket Challenge. So if you are a contest promoter or somebody who puts on a barbecue contest and you're looking to apply for that, you have until the end of this month, which is November, so not even 14 days left. You can make your application right through the Snake River Farms website. They will make their pick announcements after the first of the year. So if you haven't heard the new bonus content yet, go ahead and grab that either at the main website or best way to do, subscribe, of course. So go take a listen to that if you haven't heard it yet. Also, great feedback still coming in from the Michael Simon interview that I did now two weeks ago. I actually had one guy tell me, that he was not a very big fan of Michael Simon at all from watching him on television, which I think, by and large, isn't the norm. I think that's the exception. A lot of guys and gals like Michael Simon. But this guy was not a big fan of his being on television or the way he was coming across. But because he listened to the podcast where we sat down at Mabel's Restaurant just Michael Simon and I, and chopped it up a little bit, won him over by just how down-to-earth he seemed to be. So if you missed that bonus episode as well, just hit the main website, as I had mentioned, or better yet, subscribe to the podcast. Real easy to do. That's the easiest way. So you're always alerted when new shows are out and when new bonus content is out. Consume the feed at your convenience when you subscribe to the show. Real easy to do. All right, Stephen Reichlin, getting ready. Let me talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Attention, anyone who loves sausage and barbecue, that's me. Established in 1882, Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They have been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage that's coarse ground and a natural pork casing. And their authentic Central Texas barbecue. All meats, including the prime briskets, slow smoked for many hours over Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store, southsidemarket.com. They ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note. They can also mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. All shipped items are vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. Shipped with dry ice to ensure complete freshness upon arrival. All meats are processed in the on-site USDA inspected facility. 
currently I know of only one other one that I actually talk with on a regular basis, that of course being uh, Pat LaFrieda. But Southside Market has an on-site USDA-inspected facility as well. On-site meat markets for fresh and smoked products. Custom orders welcome. Two restaurants to try if you're hungry. Elgin, Texas, since 1882. Bastrop, Texas, since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. But for everybody else, I encourage you to hit the website, southsidemarket.com. That's southsidemarket.com. And when you're there and you start to accumulate your online orders, when you check out, use coupon code BBQCentral, one word, all lowercase, BBQ Central. That gets you 10% off the entire online order. Once again, southsidemarket.com. Shop till your heart's content. And then at checkout for 10% off the entire order, use code BBQ Central. It's that easy to save money. Nick and the gang over at Southside. Appreciate the support. We're doing it again in 2019. All right, Stephen Reichland coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, and grilling oils. All the Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyards worldwide. Be the pit master of your neighborhood. Visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up right now. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always, always trust your butcher. All right, my first guest can be found the third Tuesday of the month right here on this show, a Barbecue Hall of Famer, multiple-time author, and no doubt heading into the Thanksgiving Day weekend with a flourish. We race to the hotline. We might race to the hotline. Really? I just was told Stephen Reichland is not online. I can't believe that for one second. Of course he is. But heading into Thanksgiving with a flourish, we race to the hotline and welcome friend of the show, Stephen Reichland. No, no, Steve. All right. We are off and running. Pull up the... Did I miss a text message from somebody? No. Did not. I have to. Yeah, I'm online. Good, good. So we'll just shoot Stephen a quick message. Let him know we're all ready to go. And away it goes to the worldwide internet. Now, typically in this time of year, you would find Stephen Reichlin in his Miami residence. Fans of the show know that he is a split timer, if you will. Summers and warmer months. 
warmer spring, obviously summer, and then warmer fall in Martha's Vineyard. And then when the weather starts to turn a little bit, what's going on here? Hello. Uh, when, when the weather starts to turn a little bit, then he retreats down to the Miami compound. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm wondering if he doesn't have the same kind of grill set up into either location or if he has Florida grills and Martha Vineyard's grill. And then if there's doubles, which ones are those? Which ones can he not go without regardless of location? That might be the better question other than thinking about. We might have to ask him that. But we have uh, lots of stuff to talk about from a Thanksgiving standpoint. So, without any further ado, we will race to the hotline and welcome in friend of the show, Stephen Reichlin. Hold on, Stephen. Let me pull you up here. There you are. How you doing, buddy? I am doing great. How about you? Absolutely fabulous, Stephen. I always appreciate you making time for the show here. And uh, obviously, we have some impending holidays uh, quickly approaching, that being Thanksgiving, of course. So... Uh, I guess before we get into some pro tips on Thanksgiving and so forth, let's hearken back to a young Stephen Reichlin and what Thanksgiving was like in your house, some memories that uh, kind of stand the test of time with you and Thanksgiving. You know, I'm so glad you asked that. I was recollecting uh, earlier today. Uh, I grew up, I was the... uh, only grandson on both sides of the family had big extended families our thanksgivings were affairs of 20 30 people uh my both great grandmothers would cook Uh, we'd sort of do one on thanksgiving and then one the day after my great grandmothers would ride the streetcar down to lexington market in baltimore buy a live turkey or freshly slaughtered turkey which they would pluck themselves But mostly what I remember is just so many people gathered around. And, uh, you know, with today's fractured families, it's kind of a shame we don't have those big family dinners anymore. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show, giving us some thoughts as he was growing up and experiencing Thanksgiving. Uh, Do you find that those big gatherings did kind of uh, manifest within you into this love of food? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, You know, I associate, and and especially barbecue, although, you know, believe me, none of my... uh, None of my uh, grandparents or great-grandparents or aunts or uncles ever fired up a grill. But um, the fact that kind of barbecue is a communal activity, it brings us together. And Thanksgiving brings us together. Thanksgiving is nice because it's non-sectarian. You know, it's not one religion or faith against another. Like Halloween, it's a truly secular uh, holiday. And... um, I just, uh, you know, I look back to those days. I'm sorry. I'm sorry my kids won't kind of won't know those big family dinners the same way. You know, I'm I'm a little surprised, or maybe I'm not surprised, because I think I might mention it every year that, you know, we're, we're it, it's always Christmas seems to be pushing out farther and farther into fall. And, you know, some like to say that, you know, you know, summer's coming to an end when you start hearing how many days left until the Christmas holiday. But you have this big eating holiday of Thanksgiving that lays right before, you know, after Halloween, before Christmas, and uh, the other uh, traditional holidays. There's hardly any commercialism for Thanksgiving at all, which I guess continues to 
lends lends its appeal to this whole holiday concept. Yeah, that's pretty much true, except for what comes the day after Thanksgiving, or, which or is, later uh, that Friday, night, I guess. <laughs> Friday, which uh, at that last check, let's say, check in my inbox today, at least three companies have started today, Tuesday night, forty-eight hours before Thanksgiving. But I know what you mean. I mean, it's not, you know, it's still remains relatively secular. So dare we mention, Stephen, that someone might be realizing at this very moment, as we begin to talk about some Thanksgiving stuff, that they haven't pulled out their 15 or 18 pound bird out of the freezer yet panic obviously is now setting in the question i guess is is what size bird is too big at this point as we sit at uh 21 20 on uh tuesday before thursday being thanksgiving uh, what point is or what how big is too big to defrost at this point for thursday well i think that 18 to 20 pound bird if it's for, <coughs> pardon me, frozen is uh, th- that's uh, that's uh, you're you're too late in the game. I personally like a uh, a twelve pound turkey, and if I'm having a lot of people, I like two twelve pounders. I find those big ones, you know, they're easy to dry out, it's tough to get them cooked perfectly, and you know, you get a higher ratio of smoke to skin to meat if you're working with a smaller bird. When you are cooking the bird, or I guess let's start a little bit of a prep process for you. What do you like to do traditionally, and then how do you end up cooking the bird? Well, first uh, first thing is I almost always do the bird differently uh, every year. And second thing is I almost always try something I've never tried before, you know, because for me it's a working holiday and I like to experiment. But I would say sort of our go-to is a brine the night before, might be a bourbon brown sugar brine. They'll go easy on the brown sugar because your skin will darken up too much. Uh, this year, I'm going to try a dry brine on my turkey. Uh, we're picking it up tomorrow morning. We got a beautiful organic bird from uh, Whole Foods. And I'm going to just season it with salt and pepper, a so-called Dalmatian rub, inside and out, and let that brining take place in the fridge overnight. Uh, and then I'll do a smoke roast uh, the next morning. Any injections or anything like that this year? Nah, I don't think so. Uh, you're probably referring to last year when I was real big on kind of loosening the skin and putting butter under the right. skin and sliced truffles and herbs, and that's pretty fun. Uh, I think this year I'm going to kind of let the burns, bird stand for itself. If you don't, or, or if you find yourself in that 20-pound bird market and, you, and you're not going to be able to find a fresh one for whatever reason, or maybe, blasphemy I know, Turkey isn't your bag. What do you recommend as a good alternative to turkey dish on Thanksgiving? Is it a, is it a rib roast? Is it a ham? What do you think? Well, it's funny. Uh, yesterday, I was actually with Bob Trudnak, uh, a barbecue guru, and uh, CyberQ. We were taping a video that's going to go on his uh, on his YouTube channel. And uh, we did duck, and we did a recipe from my Project Smoke book. It was a tea-smoked duck. So uh, the rub is a Chinese rub made with uh, salt, pepper, brown sugar, cinnamon, coriander, and five-spice powder. But what's really interesting is instead of just smoking it with wood chips, you mix wood chips, we use uh, cherry, with rice, black tea, brown sugar, star anise, cinnamon stick, spices. It's a very aromatic, pungent smoke. And we smoked the duck slow and slow for about two and a half hours at, uh, you know, 250, and then cranked up at the heat at the end to crisp the skin. 
absolutely amazing. And I kind of, you know, I forget kind of how delicious some of my older recipes are and especially how duck is. But, boy, if we had a small group this year and I hadn't ordered the turkey already, I would do duck. Is, is duck pretty available in a lot of meat markets? I don't know if I've, I mean, I, I honestly, I haven't gone out looking for duck, but I'm wondering, I guess. Yeah, you know, you'll find frozen duck virtually at any supermarket. And this time of year, the beauty of this time of year is you can find fresh duck in a lot of markets. You know, Bob lives in a small town uh, about an hour north of Philadelphia, and he came back with six gorgeous fresh ducks that we used on the uh, on the shoot. So that's that's a really cool thing to do. You know, another idea that's very traditional, especially for Christmas, is goose. And in my book, uh, Planet Barbecue, I've got a brined smoked goose now goose is a pretty tough gamey meat and uh cooking it low and slow is a great strategy for keeping that meat tender when we get back to the turkey cooking here Stephen, for a second we're talking with Stephen reichland from barbecue bible are you more of a 350 or higher guy when you're cooking turkey in live fire or do you like to maintain that traditional 225 250 range for turkey smoked turkey I uh, I kind of split the difference. I go about 325, uh, so definitely more a hot roast than a smoke. But my problem with a smoked turkey is that the skin gets leathery, and you know I'm the kind of guy that you could just serve me the skin, and give the meat to everybody else. Let's talk about side dishes for a second. Obviously, you think about corn. Um, we've had uh, years and years of where we will buy. Um, they call it Silver King up here, and it's uh, a town farm town just east of us uh, where we're at in cleveland and it's only for like three weeks out of the year and we will buy you know six or seven dozen and we do the whole blanch process where we'll cook the whole cobs and then we'll actually shuck off all of the corn vacuum packet and we save it just for mm-hmm. thanksgiving and it is just absolutely delicious when we reheat it so there's the old standbys but um i guess what are you going to be doing for side dishes and then um, what about side dishes that might be a little outside of the traditional box that we should be thinking about? Well, uh, you know, what I'm going to be doing for side dishes is handing them off to my daughter, who is, uh went vegetarian on me uh, recently. So How dare her? I know, I know. Hey, listen, my wife is not long behind either. Talk about a cross to bear. Right. But anyway, I would imagine there will be squash. Uh, I like a salt slab acorn squash. We cut the acorn squash in half. Cut sides down on a salt slab, indirect grill it, and then turn it over. And, you know, one of my favorites, it's uh, wild rice and uh, dried cranberries and uh, pecans and a little maple syrup. That goes inside. That's a great side dish. Coming back to your corn, um, you know, I would have grilled the corn or smoked it. Or if you have the cobs, I mean, if you have the kernels, I'd put them in a pan, put them on the smoker, get some smoke into them, mm. and then make a smoked cream corn. You'll find that recipe in Project Smoke uh, or on barbecuebible.com. That is pretty fabulous. Uh, let's see what else. The stuffing question. This is a great debate in my uh, family. Uh, for some reason, my wife and her family got hung up and obsessed with this Ritz cracker stuffing, which off the records about the most god-awful thing you could ever imagine but they've been eating it since they were kids so that'll be there and i'm going to respond with a uh, a grilled brioche chestnut and oyster stuffing uh which uh i think will be pretty terrific and because they're so busy with the 
Ritz cracker stuffing, you know, just more for me. Uh, typically, you'll find leftovers on a Thanksgiving holiday. Do you have one specific leftover holiday dish like the next day or two that you're always looking forward to? Well, my favorite thing is you take that smoked turkey carcass and you make smoked turkey stock. And we just make gallons of it, keep it in quart containers in the fridge, and then we have stock for the rest of the year. Uh, let's see, turkey hash, that's always a great uh, morning breakfast. A turkey sandwich with the leftover cranberry sauce on it. That is uh, also awesome. And don't forget about dessert. And actually, the, ro- the blog we wrote today on uh, barbecuebible.com is about three Thanksgiving desserts you can do on the grill. There's a smoke-roasted pumpkin pie. Mm. There's a grilled stuffed pears with smoked ice cream. And a bacon bourbon apple crisp. So, uh, you know, as long as you're, uh, as as you're going to overeat, you might as well overeat a great dessert, too. No doubt about it. Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show. Uh, obviously, we, we had kind of prefaced a little bit about the holidays coming in, and obviously Barbecue Bible always down for putting out a holiday gift guide. Are there some items on your gift guide that you have out now that are particularly standing out over and above some of the other ones? Oh, yeah. Well, there are a couple cool ones that I know I sure would like to receive. Uh, one of them is the Shun brisket knife. This is a beautiful honed steel knife designed for slicing brisket. Subject very near and dear to my uh, heart because even as we speak, I am uh, proofing the pages oh, oh, oh. for the new brisket, brisket chronicles. The brisket chronicles book. Let me yep. tell you, it takes a long time to write and it takes a long time to proof the pages too. Uh, so that's a cool item. Uh, then there's a new uh, blower, you know, so you know you've got your cyber cue, right, to ventilate and pump air through uh, a big green egg type smoker or, uh, or a water smoker. And not only does that control the temperature, but it gives you great airflow. Well, there's a new device, uh, and uh, you know what, I'm going to just pop on my site to make sure I get you the... Uh, proper name it's the perfect draft barbecue air blower i know this because i have one okay what anyway that clamps on to the firebox of an offset barrel smoker and it just lets the it just forces the air through the smoke chamber now you know aaron franklin is a big uh advocate of good airflow through a smoker when he's cooking brisket for him that's sort of one of the great secrets of brisket and this uh, blower uh, serves the same purpose. Uh, you know, of course, if you're looking for a big ticket item of someone you love dearly, Barbecue <laughs> University, uh, you know, tuition to that makes a, uh, a fun gift uh, to open on uh, Christmas or Hanukkah. That's my school at the Broadmoor Resort in Colorado Springs. Um, those are three items. Um, I wanted to ask you about the collapsible, iceless flip box cooler yeah that's pretty cool and uh, nancy Lowski, uh my assistant who many of you know is uh sort of a personality and driving force behind uh all things reichland and barbecuebible.com found that one uh and the beauty of it is it collapses it's great for tailgating uh and then when you reassemble it you can fill it with good cold foods and beverages and no you're in business nice all right hey let's play a lightning round you want to do that Love to. All right, let's play lighter. Let me cue up some lightning round music. Little Milt Buckner. All right, here we go. I'm going to give you a couple options. You just give me right off the top of your head, kind of like we did last month a little bit. Bobby Flay or Alton Brown? 
Ah, Hold on a second. I think my music got the better of me. I'm sorry. What was that? Alton Brown or Bobby Flay? Yeah, I say I love them both. Oh, okay. Uh, lump or briquette? Lump. Spatchcock or beer can? Spatchcock. Right. Uh, open pit or sweet baby race? Mm. Mm. Uh, I'm going to say make your own barbecue sauce. <laughs> this isn't how the lightning round works, Stephen. Uh, Sazerac or old fashioned? Oh, man, that's a toughie, too. I'm going right. to go for uh, one of each. All right. That's uh, why I gave you two hands. Gas or charcoal? Charcoal. Inject. But yeah. Wood is really what we want. Nicholas or Woods? Nicholas or Woods? Jack Nicholas or Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods. Sweater or hoodie? Sweater. Mac or PC? Mac without a doubt. Uh, Facebook or Instagram? Mm, I'm a little down on Facebook these days. They were playing some nasty tricks. Of course, they own Instagram, too. So uh, how about just uh, going out without your iPhone and enjoying the world for a day? How about that? There he is. Uh, the third Tuesday of the month, you find Stephen Reichlin right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Stephen, hope you have a great Thanksgiving coming up. All the best to you and yours, and we'll see you again in December. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, to you, too. There Take he care. is, Stephen Reichlin right there. All right, well, I guess we're going to have to explain to Stephen how we play the game. <laughs> Come on. I'm the one asking the questions. You give me the answers. That's how it works. Come on, Stephen. Here we go. All right, let me talk to you quickly about Traeger Grills. Behind every great meal is a great grill, but not just any grill, a Traeger grill. And the Timberline is Traeger's most advanced grill yet. It allows you to grill, smoke, bake, roast, to braise, and barbecue like a pro, no matter what your level. Thanks to the incredible wood fire taste. Seriously, you don't know flavor till you're cooking with it. Traeger grills use all-natural hardwood pellets as fuel, so you're literally cooking with flavor. From low and slow smoked ribs to a seared steak, even a baked apple pie, Traegers can handle it all, and the Traeger Timberline makes it even easier thanks to the Wi-Fi capability. You can check on your cooks, kick up pit temps, and set custom cook cycles anywhere, all right through the Traeger Grill app on your phone. You can find one at a local Traeger dealer or check them out online, TraegerGrills.com. Want to beef up that barbecue game of yours? That's not happening. That does not happen. Ahem. Want to beef up that barbecue game of yours? Yes, you do. Traeger Shop Class, going coast to coast, bringing barbecue knowledge and amazing wood-fired food everywhere they go, taught by professional pitmasters. You'll take home all the skills you need to reach barbecue glory. Find a shop class near you and sign up today. TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. That's TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. Adrian Miller coming up out of the break. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. 
This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. You visit Cookin, C-O-O-K-I-N, CookinPellets.com for more information. You can purchase there as well. If you would prefer to purchase from Amazon.com, who am I to say don't do that? Go ahead. Download their free app at the CookinPellets.com website. It will alert you to great shipping prices when they happen. Thanks to the folks at CookinPellets.com. My next guest told us all about Columbus Hill the last time he was on the show. Ultimately, Columbus Hill did not get voted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame, like yours truly. However, he continues his food research journeys, and he joins me now to talk about different types of turkeys he has seen over the years. So we'll go ahead and race to the Traeger Grills hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, Adrian Miller. Hey, can you hear me? I can, Adrian. How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you feeling? Doing absolutely fabulous. Appreciate you joining me again. Uh, it was about six months since we hooked up the last time or so. So uh, I guess before we get into some of the turkey talk, uh, what have you been up to? So I started uh, eating my way through the country in the name of research. So One of um, us had to. <laughs> yeah. So I hit um, uh, Chicago, uh, Memphis, Seattle, and Phoenix so far. Uh, and in the coming months, I'm going to go to Houston in early uh, 2019 and then hit the Carolinas. Uh, so like East Texas, the Carolinas, and uh, Kansas City. Um, those are the kind of the main areas I want to hit. So, uh, yeah, just uh, trying to f- find out what the barbecue scene is like around the country. I was going to say, is it mostly barbecue stuff or is it more soul food stuff or a combination? It's a combination because I try to eat both of those things as I travel around because I want to stay up on my soul food game. But uh, the, the bulk of it is barbecue. All right, so what is your usual Thanksgiving life, Adrian, uh, or like? Because I had asked Stephen Reichland, who was just on before you, you know, as you were a kid, what was it like growing up? And he regaled us of, you know, 20 and 30 people and lots of extended family, all this stuff. So what was it like for you? Yeah, so similar. So a lot of extended family. I've got four brothers and sisters, uh, so three brothers and a twin sister. And so uh, usually they come over and then their kids and uh, we typically do a, a, a soul food kind of celebration. So we'll have the turkey, but then we'll have all kinds of soul food sides around it. So even chitlins, um, I have those on, on uh, Thanksgiving. But, you know, greens, black eyed peas, mac and cheese, along with the, the turkey and the cranberries and the dressing, all of that stuff. And then my favorite is the dessert, lemon icebox pie. I don't know if you've ever had that. But well, that is glorious. I mean, I like lemon a lot. So, like, what's the general concept of lemon icebox pie? So, imagine a key lime pie, except you have a lemon custard. You still have the meringue, but then the crust is crushed vanilla wafers yes. glued together by melted butter. Wow. I'll take two. <laughs> yeah, it's lemon. Yeah, no doubt. You got a recipe for that? Oh, yeah, I'll send you it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do that for sure. Um, right. So when you're talking about traditional soul food sides, uh, you'd mentioned black eyes peas and uh, collard greens. Um, is there anything else or are there any other foods in general that are in that soul food category that fall in that Thanksgiving celebration? So definitely mac and cheese uh, and then candy jams uh, really round out kind of the, the core of the soul food sides. Um, and then, the, you know, the entree is the, the chitlins. That's the, the thing. Um, and chitlins and ham that we put along with the turkey. All right, so as a youth between 88 and 92, I swore I was as black as they came. I knew all the gangster <laughs> rap, all this stuff. But And I've heard of 
uh, chitlins, but and I see them in the grocery store in the frozen section. I have no idea how to prep them. Uh, I don't know how you eat them or what they're supposed to taste like. I mean, can you give us a little bit of a high level on that? Yeah, yeah. So basically, you got to make sure you clean them really well because chitlins are pig intestines. Right. And then, uh, yeah. So then you typically you stew them. So you just get some uh, seasonings, some onion. Some people put in a potato, a raw potato, to soak up the grease. And you just got to make sure you skim the grease off, and then you just cook them till they're nice and tender. A lot of people have them that way. That's the way I usually have them, but. You can go an extra step and take the stewed chitlins and then batter and fry them. That's another way that people do it. I don't know if you know this, but in uh, Sally, South Carolina, every August they have a chitlin strut where thousands of people go to Sally and have chitlins. And I have on good information that you can smell it at the 25-mile marker outside of town smelling in a good way. Is it is it an acquired taste or and smelling thing or no? When it's good and it's good. Oh no, it's definitely acquired taste and smell. Like some of it, think of it as a, a funk. I think of it as a perfume, but you know, that, I got issues. So, okay, so let let me try and tie this into maybe uh, from from what my audience might be able to. Is this like a dry age kind of a funk kind of a thing where people, you either love it or you hate it kind of a thing? Yeah, you either love yeah. it or you hate it. There's nobody on the fence about chitlins. You'll never hear somebody say, "Hey, I kind of like chitlins." You'll never hear that. Love or hate, I get it. Uh, Adrian Miller yeah. joining me here on the show. At Soul Food Scholar on Twitter, you can see him there uh, hitting people up and uh, posting all of his finds and so forth, so give him a follow on the Twitter. Um, so let's talk about some different styles of turkeys, as you've seen in your travels. You know, I think turkey is, pro- for as much as everybody's going to eat it within 48 hours, it quickly evaporates off the face of the earth, and I don't know why. I thought... When we saw Central Texas barbecue really come to prominence over the last five or six years, and a lot of those places, a lot of great barbecue places have turkey on the menu. I thought as barbecue seemed to come up more in the general population, overall turkey consumption would lift, but I don't think I've actually seen that rise. So I'm just wondering what your take is on that. Like, Why do you think it just kind of falls off the face of the earth? Is it out of sight, out of mind? And, And obviously the first question, which was how many different kinds of turkeys have you seen? Man, I'm just seeing turkey all over the place. Because one of the things, as I do research for my forthcoming book on barbecue, I'm trying to see if there's an African-American barbecue aesthetic. If there's ways that barbecue plays out in the black community that you don't see in other places. So like you said, a lot of of barbecue joints, you may have turkey breasts on the menu. But I'm seeing more and more turkey uh, options on um, menus at uh, black-run barbecue places. And I think this is the same trend that's happened in soul food. For the most part, most soul food joints are either not using pork to season their vegetables or they've switched to smoked turkey um, just to give their customers a a healthier option. So I think it's playing out that way in barbecue, so uh, in the black run joints. So, uh, for instance, I'm seeing now turkey tips. So instead of a a pork rib tip, what they're doing is they're taking that tenderloin cut and just cutting it up a little bit more and cooking at that and putting barbecue sauce. I'm seeing... um, more turkey hot links. Hmm. And the interesting thing is I'm starting, when I was in Memphis, I saw somebody take uh, turkey and pull it to mimic pulled pork. And then they just, the same preparation as on a sandwich with the coleslaw and the sauce. And I've just, uh, when I reached out on Twitter, I got um, word that there's somebody in Carolina who's doing a, basically a Carolina style chopped turkey sandwich. Hmm. So I think people are just trying to adapt and give someone a similar feel to what they may be used to with the traditional pork. But again, it's a healthier option, and I think it might be a cheaper option. I'm just not sure about that, but I'm seeing it more and more. Are you a 
fan of turkey. I think. Uh, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't call turkey the same as uh, chitlins, where you're, it's it's love or hate. But I think a lot of people find that turkey might be kind of bleh, and maybe they're yeah. really into Thanksgiving because of all of the other stuff that surrounds the turkey. You know, they can have uh, turkey mashed potatoes and stuffing all in one bite, and they shove it in their mouth. So you're kind of hiding turkey. But are you a turkey guy in general? <laughs> Yeah, I am a turkey guy. In fact, uh, as, as I cook, I've switched to using more smoked turkey. So I'm either going to use a smoked turkey leg or a smoked turkey wing to flavor my greens and black eyed peas and other things like that. And a function of that is just here I am in Colorado. I, I'm not getting a lot of great smoked pork products. When I mentioned this, uh, when I admitted this in Atlanta a few years ago, somebody raised their hand in the audience and said, what's wrong with the pigs in Colorado? So um, it's it's mainly for health and taste that I've I've used more and more smoked turkey. So I like it. Are you in Denver or like around the Denver area or no? Yeah, I'm in Denver, Denver, Colorado. You ever yep. been to GQ Barbecue? Absolutely, I know Jason very well. You know he just got uh, inducted into the Rocky Mountain Barbecue Association's Hall of Fame. Oh, I did not know that. Two I'm weeks ago, give him a shout out. That's right, no doubt. He's doing it good. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about this. This current year, I mean, we're obviously well towards the end of it, but were there any food trends that you didn't see coming that all of a sudden sprung up over the course of the year that you were like, wow, I can't believe I'm reading about this on Twitter or I'm seeing about this on Instagram, something that just came out of nowhere that you were surprised with? Yeah, so um, the biggest one, and maybe I'm just slow to the game, but I'm just seeing pork belly everywhere now in barbecue joints, and I, I just didn't expect that. Um, I kind of had an idea that turkey might be coming on, but man, the pork belly everywhere, I, I just did not see that coming. Yeah, I saw and, um, that yeah. was like uh, early summer. Somebody brought out, maybe it was even earlier than that, uh, the pork belly burnt ends. They were cubing yeah. them and all that. That really took off on social media, and then I think restaurants obviously wanted to pile on and, and bring in extra revenue streams, so they started getting into the pork belly. That's probably where you're seeing it then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, either sliced or, you know, treated like a burn-in. Give me a prediction for 2019. What do you think a food trend might pop up or something that might just be catching on now that's really going to gain steam and push through 2019? Man, I just think if somebody can figure out how to smoke vegetables and fruit and do it well, that's money. I mean, that's forever. So I think I think more uh, chefs and barbecue pitmasters are going to try to uh, you know get up their game on on fruits and vegetables. That's what I think. Are, are you seeing a trend? I mean, you're talking a little bit more about turkey being more widely available, at least as you're seeing it. Now you're talking about fruits and vegetables. Are you looking as a population of starting to eat a little bit better, or at least not only talking about it but actually doing it? Yeah. So um, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'm starting to see jackfruit. In a lot of places, and jackfruit. If somebody knows what they're doing, you can make it look and taste like pork. Yeah. Um, so I'm starting to see that pop up a little bit more. I think I saw somebody uh, do a jackfruit brisket. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. It's always been a, a pulled or you know chopped treatment that I've seen. But man, I would like to check that out. And then have you? I don't know if you've seen on uh, social media that smoked watermelon. No. It looks disgusting, but I, I think it's actually something I want to try. Really? Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, charred, uh, smoke and charred is a flavor profile that's popping up on white tablecloth restaurants. So I, I just think as people play around with smoke, um, I, I think we're going to see it with fruit and vegetables. Where are you at on a, on a book writing thing right now? So I'm, uh, not on the ground floor anymore. I'm pretty much got two chapters done out of eight 
And um, I don't have to turn in the manuscript till about a year from now. But, uh, man, I've got so much good stuff already. I, I might even finish that early. Don't tell my editor that, though. I don't want to put more pressure on myself. But uh, I'm so excited to rewrite this book, man. I, I mean, I could just sit down and just write for hours. That's how much cool stuff I'm finding. What's so the... now I'm in the point where um, I've got a lot of great stuff. So now it's a matter of just finding the best stories to move the book along. What's the name of the book? Black Smoke. I'm very proud of that. Black Smoke. All right. Yeah. Uh, and Adventures in African-American Barbecue Culture. That's that's kind of the subtitle. So do you see uh, like a difference? Be- I mean, I don't want to say between white barbecue and, and black barbecue, but I mean, is, is there a difference between what you're researching and what you see out there otherwise? Yeah. So I'm, I think I'm seeing kind of a, a standard for African-Americans that really defies regional characterization so um pretty much if you go into a black run barbecue place i think most african-american consumers are expecting to see ribs chicken and hot links everything else is kind of on the side now uh, brisket was not a big deal at all unless you were in kansas city mm-hmm. or texas but i think because of the ascendancy of texas barbecue i think more and more places are now putting brisket on the menu now the sad thing about that is a lot of them just really don't know what they're doing <laughs> So uh, it would be better if they just left it off, but I think they feel a lot of pressure to have some brisket on the menu now. So in Cleveland, uh, there was a place called Hot Sauce Williams that actually just closed down a year or so ago, and that was like the long run standing. Actually, you know what? I think there might be the original ended up shutting down, I think, over a year ago. And there were a couple other places that were similar in, in idea. And what I had noticed more than anything was these ribs were like, uh, they would fall into that hot and fast category. Yep. It's uh, like a 55-gallon drum turned on its side. There's charcoal. Uh, there's a prevalent charcoal taste on the meat. It was actually cooked uh, pretty well, a little different than I, I guess I would typically do it. But that's, I guess, kind of what I associate with uh, like ethnic-style barbecue versus the traditional southern style. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. So the, the hot and fast, cooking over charcoals, and also saucing up your barbecue. I mean, you see that a lot in black run barbecue joints. So, um, you know, this idea that there's only one kind of barbecue that has to be low and slow, no sauce, da da da. I think that's just uh, too restrictive because uh, that's definitely part of the African-American barbecue aesthetic, uh, what you're seeing. And, I, and again, I see that no matter where I am in the country. Hmm. You want to do a lightning round? Yeah. Let's do a lightning round. Screw it. Here we go. Actually, I'm going to go... Let me see if I can do the music with you. It didn't. It didn't work with Stephen the last time, but I'll dump it down a little bit too. All right. Okay. Here we go. Little Milt Buckner for everybody here. Little lightning round music. We're doing it with Adrian Miller. All right. I'm going to give you a couple options. Uh, don't do the Stephen Reichland and make up your own or pick both. I mean, I don't think I have to worry about that with you, Adrian. You're a pretty opinionated guy. But here we go. Uh, Flay or brown? Ooh. Brown. Oh, all right. Uh, lump or briquette? Briquette. Yes or no? Searing seals in the juices. Yes. No! It doesn't? No! What are you... Oh, my God. We'll have to talk about that off the air. Let all it right. rest or let's eat. <laughs> Man, I'm about let's eat. I heard that. Uh, spatchcock or beer can chicken? Beer can. Open pit or sweet baby rays? Ooh, open pit. That's old school. What is with you, Pete? I think I've asked that question seven times, and six out of seven people have said open pit. 
Okay. You know that's that school, man. That's, that's what I grew up on. It, it stains your teeth orange for crying out loud. Watch out. Uh, Sazer- <laughs> that's what lightning toothpaste is for. <laughs> that's right. Well, Sazerac or old fashioned? Oh, old fashioned. Okay. Uh, pasta or pizza? Pizza. Black coffee or cream and sugar? Black coffee. Money or free time? Oh, free time. Family Guy or South Park? Family Guy. All right. I buy that. It's Adrian Miller. You can find him, by the way, at the website, which is adrianmiller.com. Adrian E. Miller. uh, Sorry, adrianemiller.com. And then you can also find him on the Twitter, at Soul Food Scholar. As always, a stimulating conversation. Adrian, appreciate the time, man, and happy Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. All right. Appreciate you, man. Happy Thanksgiving. You got it. There he is. Adrian Miller killing it again. How good is that guy? I think I want to make him a, a monthly guest appearance. Grills hotline. And he brings it. Mm-mm-mm. So good. Way to go, yeah, Adrian. Man. Adrian E. Miller. E as an echo. AdrianEMiller.com or at Soul Food Scholar on the Twitter. All right, let me talk to you quickly about Cook Shack before we get to wrapping the first hour. Cook Shack manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience. Whether you barbecue in the backyard on the competition circuit or in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job. And with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, Smoke and Grilling 101s in a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice and share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. They still have one of them. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions. Why? Because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast Eddie Moore. The FEC 100 and PG 1000 are always customer favorites. The PG-1000 can double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack Residential Electric Smokers are the number one smoker in the industry, so if you don't like pellet cookers, that's what you want to take a look at. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can make in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing, with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800 800- Four two three zero six nine eight. That's eight hundred four two three zero six nine eight. Or again, visit the website cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. All right. Thanks again to Adrian Miller, the Soul Food Scholar, and we are back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. We 
right, welcome back to 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com is your email. This one in from John Dawson. Subject line, a secular holiday. Remps, not get not to get too deep in the weeds, which of course means we're gonna get deep in the weeds. <laughs> Not to get too deep in the weeds, but I would strongly encourage Stephen Reichland to put his French literature books down and revisit his American history books. Thanksgiving did not start as and was never intended to be a secular holiday. The Puritans were about as devoutly Christian as it gets. John, I believe I also will have to be picking up an American history book. I didn't even think... Thanksgiving was like a real holiday. It was just like a great day for us to get together and eat. Holiday means no work. Secular. Secular. All right. Stephen Reichlin happened in the first hour. BarbecueBible.com. If you're looking for recipes, especially outside of the box sides check them out barbecuebible.com also thanks again to adrian miller for joining me and uh, he's got black smoke which is evidently ahead of schedule he's got a couple of chapters already written so we'll look for that follow up with him as that release gets nearer and nearer or closer and closer also he says turkey on the rise And he's been out traveling a lot more than me, as he had mentioned, Chicago, Memphis, Seattle, Phoenix, and also going to Houston and the Carolinas after the first of the year. But pulled turkey, turkey tips. What was the lemon icebox cake? Is that what he said? That sounded delicious. Got to get that recipe. As soon as I get it, I'll put it up on the website as well, so keep a lookout for that. I'll make announcements as I get it out there. His website, Adrian, A-D-R-I-A-N, Adrian E. Miller.com, or you can find him on Twitter. He's pretty active there, at Soul Food Scholar. That's at Soul Food Scholar. Great stuff. I'm glad Adrian did not... Uh, well, first of all, I mean, is Open Pit the most vile barbecue sauce on the face of the earth? Now, to live in complete hypocrisy, which I love to do, I would take an open pit barbecue sauce over a barbecue sauce that had prevalent liquid smoke on the bouquet. But outside of that, open pit is some of the worst barbecue sauce ever. And it stains you, your teeth, your skin, people around you, your psyche. It's horrible. Some of the worst. Kraft Original might be the bottom of the barrel barbecue sauce, but Open Pit is really close. All right. We're going to step away and reload for the second hour. Big one coming up. Grill Mama, so set your clocks. She's coming up in about 15 minutes from now. Refresh your libations and meet me back here in about a couple minutes. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.